see or was anyone here for the service this morning that was that was a wowzer <laughs> I watched it from home as I was preparing for tonight and I was sitting there bawling my eyes out as I do um, and um, Luke spoke about confessing sin and what do you know my message tonight <laughs> thanks Lord is about righteousness and sin hallelujah so if you were here this morning you're going to get it twice and who knows maybe you need it twice <laughs> praise the lord <laughs> it's all right renee the israelites were stubborn too they're a stiff-necked people god still loved them <laughs> thank you lord let's pray father god i just thank you for the word Lord, I thank you that I have nothing of my own to give, Lord. But I'm here to give what you want to give, Lord. The word in power. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So the title of my message is Established in Righteousness to Rule and Reign. So I'm going to launch straight into scripture. Philippians 3.8. Yet indeed I also count all things loss, this is Paul, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God, I'm going to say that again, the righteousness which is from God by faith, everyone say, by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. See, we cannot rescue ourselves from our sin. It is impossible. Righteousness is freely given by faith, through grace, received by faith. You can only receive it by faith. The first step is beginning to see your sin as rubbish. Like the scripture says, I count them as rubbish, beginning to see everything that is outside of Christ as rubbish. See, everything the world has to offer is worthless compared to the riches in Christ. And see, the world and the enemy will try to uh, bring a counterfeit of God's goodness, a counterfeit of God's righteousness. The world will try to give a pale imitation of heaven. And many of us are sucked into that perverted truth. But we have to start to see all of that as rubbish if we want to receive the righteousness of God. Sin 
is spiritual sickness. It will actually decay your life. And how do I know this? Because my life decayed. When I had sin, persistent sin in my life, it rotted my life. It will rob you of your freedom. It will rob you of your destiny. It will rob you of your peace, of your joy. It will rob you of ever knowing and receiving or giving love. It will rob you of prosperity, of true wealth, of abundance. See, Jesus wants you to know that that is not his plan for you. Because the enemy came to kill, steal and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. Jesus wants the absolute best for you. So to recognize that your sin is rubbish, you need to know what sin is, right? And it's a big one. First tip, open your Bible. <laughs> I won't charge you for that tip. <laughs> Ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of sin and righteousness because that's his job, right? That's his job. When you open the Bible, see, anyone can open the Bible and read it. Scholars, atheists, anyone can open the Bible and it's just a book with some words and it won't change their life. What you need is to open the Bible Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, convict me. Convict me of sin and righteousness. Show me in your word where I don't meet up, where I don't meet your standard. Show me, open my eyes, unveil my eyes, because the God of this world, Satan, will veil your eyes. And the world has done a great job at falsely teaching, not just non-Christians, falsely teaching the church, particularly the Western church, what is right and wrong. The enemy has perverted truth, but only God is right. This is a massive revelation in my life, and every day it unfolds. God is right, and I am wrong. And that's what life mostly boils down to. God is right, and now sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. But I'm only right, when I'm right, I'm only right because he's right. Tongue twister. See, God has established righteousness through his word. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit in humility, Lord, Take away the rubbish of the world. Let me see, let me see what righteousness truly is. I don't want to argue with you. I, I had those days where I would argue with the word of God. Don't do that. It's not, it doesn't end well. <laughs> I would argue with, well, why did you put that in? And I don't understand that. Just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it's not right. It just means we don't get it <laughs> yet. And we need the Holy Spirit to get it 
to make it a reality in our heart, to give us the revelation of his word. Because when you have the revelation, then you can walk in it. If you don't understand it, you have no hope of attaining it. Once you have the revelation, it's yours. It's in your heart. It becomes your foundation. It becomes established in you. And you become established. So, a little bit about my story. And I just want to apologize in advance to my dad who's here. <laughs> Don't know how much of this he knows. But anyway, all for God's glory. So, I grew up as a Christian with a fantastic father who taught me the ways of God and I did not stick to them. Um, but as a, as a worldly Christian, let me say that, as a worldly Christian, I was stuck in sin for many years, persistent sin. I was unable to get out of it. I was unable to rescue myself from it. I was unable to break chains that I had gotten myself into. And I went round and round and round in circles, never growing, never getting freedom, never walking in my calling, never walking in the power and authority that Jesus wanted to give me. And, you know, as Christians, we, we always hear the evangelistic message to, to non-Christians, to sinners, that Jesus loves you and he died to save you of your sins. But here I was a Christian stuck in, stuck in sin, thinking, well, yeah, that message is for them. What about me? What's wrong with me? I've received Christ and here I am a slave to sin. And, of course, that brings condemnation, guilt, shame, which just keeps you going round and round and round and never gets you out. See, I was demonically deceived by the world's perverted version of truth and righteousness. I spent all my time taking in whatever the world was saying, my friends, university, people who didn't know truth and righteousness. I filled my mind, my eyes, my ears with these things and wondered why I couldn't separate myself from it. And so as a result, the sin began to decay my life. See, it's just a matter of time. It's called the law of sin and death. It's a law, just like gravity is a law, right? Whether you believe in it or not, whether you, whether you want it to happen or not, if you drop an apple, it's going to fall. That's the law of gravity. This is the law of sin and death. See, God says the wages of sin is death. That means that when you sin, you're given over to that sin. And you're given over to the consequences of that sin. So 
as a natural result of my sin, my life began to spiral out of control. My life began to rot and decay and crumble. I was chronically ill. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was suicidal. I was on medication. I didn't sleep at night. My marriage was falling apart. I lost my career. My car even broke down. How's that? <laughs> I was in tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt. I didn't have a reason to live it anymore. Until I hit my knees, I came to the end of myself, and I truly repented. Genuine repentance. See, genuine repentance is when you come to the end of yourself and you say, God, I have nothing left and I can't do this. You need to take over now. Godly repentance, genuine repentance is godly sorrow. I was sorrowful for all the grief that I had caused God, the grief that I would caused other people. I was sorry for the grief that I caused my poor dad over there. <laughs> and once I did that, I received his righteousness and I experienced the power of God to transform my whole life. My soul, my heart, my mind, he did the miraculous. He came in like a whirlwind and destroyed the works of darkness in my life. He delivered me of all demonic oppression and strongholds, all addiction to sin. And I have never been the same since. Have I been perfect? No. But I have never gone back to the scum and the filth of my life then. Amen. And I'm here to tell you that he wants to do that for you. And I'm smiling because I'm excited because I feel it in my bones. He's going to do it today. See, Jesus desperately wants you to be free. This is not his will. It's not his fault and it's not his will. It's not his purpose. All of heaven is cheering you on. All of heaven is saying, come on, come on. It's right here, his righteousness, his salvation. It's a free gift. You just have to look up. Believe it. Take it by faith. See, the enemy will keep you looking at your sin. He will lie to you. He's the father of lies. He's the accuser of the brethren. And he'll say, you're never going to make it. This is too hard. This is bigger than you. This is, this is too big. You'll never get out of this sin. But Jesus says, I already made a way. We must press on, leaving sin behind, reaching toward our calling in God. Philippians 3.12 says, Not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. 
Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The enemy does not want you to know who you really are, that you are made in his image. He doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to, to keep you stuck in the mud of your sin. Because if he can keep you stuck in that endless cycle of sin, you'll never rise up and walk in the destiny that God has called you. And God has a plan for you. See, all of your days are already written in heaven. Did you know that? All of your days are appointed by God himself. And he had them in mind before you were ever born. Satan wants to tell you you're done. That's it. You're disqualified. God says, I have a plan and a purpose for you and you are mine. He doesn't want you to know that because if you did, you'd wreak havoc to hell. And that is our job. We need to take off the spiritual veil. Take off the spiritual veil. Realize that there's a battle at hand. It's not just about us struggling to be a better Christian. There is a battle raging for your soul and your destiny. If you realize that Jesus already won the victory, he already won the victory, and you just have to walk in it. And once you start to walk in your identity and your calling, which is to aggressively advance the kingdom of heaven on earth, hell will tremble, I'm telling you. I'm going to say it about myself. Hell trembles because of me. Because I get up, I put my armor on, and I say, God, what are we doing today? Whose butt are we kicking today? We have to have an eternal perspective. We can't be caught up in civilian matters. We're soldiers, soldiers, warriors. We have a mission at hand. We can't be caught up in civilian matters. I want to go to Luke 5.8. This is the story of when Jesus, before Jesus called his disciples, he was preaching on, on the sea in Simon Peter's boat. And we, most of us know the story that Jesus told them to cast their net on the other side. They hadn't caught any fish all night and Jesus taught told them, cast your net on the other side. And they were inundated with fish, right? Their boats were sinking with the weight of the fish. 
And what was Simon Peter's reaction? Verse 8 says, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I just want you to picture this right now. Simon had a revelation of the holiness of Jesus, that he wasn't just some preacher man. He had a revelation through the miraculous that Jesus was a holy man. And instantly he knew he was a sinful man. Peter was a sinful man. He said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He expected the judgment of God for his sins. But Jesus answered him, do not be afraid. From now, from now, from today, you will catch men. Come on, that is powerful. A man who expected the judgment of God, who saw himself in his filthy rags, was told, do not be afraid. Why? Because Jesus came not to condemn, but to save. He says, do not be afraid. He's the rescuer of our souls. He will rescue us from sin and death. And not only that, but from today, from now, Simon Peter, you will catch men. Not only have I given you righteousness, but I have given you destiny. I have given you purpose and I've given you power and authority to walk in that destiny. See, there are too many of us in the body of Christ who are made ineffective, disqualifying themselves from the fight because they're walking in darkness and they're powerless to overcome it. And Jesus says to you, do not be afraid. He overcame every power of darkness. He went to hell and he overcame hell. For you, on your behalf. Ephesians 5, 8. For you were once darkness, but now, now. See, this isn't future tense. This isn't a five-step plan. This is now. Now you will catch men. Now you are the light of the world. You are the light in the Lord. Now, stop listening to the enemy saying, you'll be ready in a few years when you, when you get your act together. No. In your weakness, God's power is made perfect. When we come to God in our weakness and say, I can do nothing apart from you, his power, his strength is perfected in us. He says, yes, she's yielded. Yes, he's on his knees. Now I can move. Now I can come in. 
Now we can go on adventures. Now we can make some trouble for hell. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather, it's not just isolate yourself from darkness, lock yourself up in your house and wait for the return of Jesus. It says, but rather expose them. Expose the darkness. One Peter two nine says, "But you are a chosen chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. You're his squad. His SWAT team. <laughs> Thanks, Carrie." that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now you're the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now, there's a lot of nows. Are we getting this? Now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. See, we are called to be a royal priesthood. That means we minister to God and we rule and reign with authority that he's given us. And when we're ensnared in sin, we give our authority to the enemy to take up residence in our lives. And you may not want to hear it, but that's the truth. We can't rule and reign as kings if we're held captive by darkness. Psalm 89 verse 14 says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Whose throne? God's throne. So... God's throne is established on a foundation of righteousness. And see, the church today believes that we don't need a foundation of righteousness. We just need coffee and cakes and smoke machines. But when the waves come and the storms come, what's going to happen? There's no foundation on the rock. If God needs his throne to be established on righteousness, we need our lives individually and the church to be established on righteousness too. It's not an option. And once we are established in righteousness, then we can rule and reign. That's how God does it. He rules and reigns from righteousness. Psalm 45, 6 says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. 
So not only does he have his foundation as righteousness, he has his scepter as righteousness. So what is a scepter? A scepter is a symbol of royal power and authority. According to Google. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so our power and authority over sin and darkness comes through righteousness, which we received by faith in Jesus. See, Jesus conquered sin and death, and all authority was given to him. And then what did he do? He gave all authority to us. To do what? To expose the works of darkness. See, we each have a scepter of righteousness. And that scepter exposes the darkness because we carry royal power and authority. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus came up to them, the disciples, and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, it's God's love. It's God's love that compels us to righteousness. It's the blood of Jesus that makes it available. It's through faith that we receive it. And it's the Holy Spirit who empowers us to walk in righteousness. We need it all. Romans 8.11 says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So just as we have the law of sin and death, we have the law of life. And if the spirit dwells in you, the law of life will begin to operate. It is a natural consequence of having the Holy Spirit, not just having the Holy Spirit, but being yielded to the Holy Spirit every day. That means not putting God in a box, not just coming to church on your allotted time and then doing what you want the rest of the time. Being yielded to the Holy Spirit every day you'll begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit, which is righteousness. And that is how we have righteousness, not through our own works, not through our own strength, but being yielded to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. The Holy Spirit will speak to you in a moment and say, don't do that. Anyone had that? Anyone had that 
every 10 minutes <laughs> until you get it. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is your helper. See, Jesus didn't just die on the cross and, and make this righteousness available, but gave us no way to walk in it. When he left, he said, I leave you a helper. I send you a helper, the Holy Spirit. So we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that the Spirit and the law of life rules in us, not our flesh. See, all of this is rigged in your favor. I'm going to give you a heads up. All of this is rigged in your favor. Why? Because you've been given everything you need. You've been given everything you need. Everything. Freely. Romans 8.32. This blew my mind. He, he being God, who did not spare his own son, not even his own son did he spare, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If he didn't spare his own son, won't he give us everything? His most precious thing ever, Jesus, his son, for us. We have to break this, this mentality that God is looking up above and watching us struggling, flailing, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to be free. And he's just watching, thinking, oh, there she goes again. She messed up. No, God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. Some of you need to hear this and take it into your spirit. God is for you. He's cheering you on. He's provided everything you need to walk in righteousness. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God has come that you might have life and life abundantly. So right now, if you've opened the door to sin in your life, and we all have at some point, because we all fall, fall short, and you feel that you've become a slave to sin, there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. The Holy Spirit is convicting you now to bring you freedom. Not to condemn, not to shame you, but to bring you into his light. The Holy Spirit is here right now to deliver you from every demonic stronghold and addiction to sin today. It is his power that delivers you from every stronghold of sin and that's what sin becomes. It becomes 
Persistent sin becomes a stronghold, a demonic stronghold, and you have no way to break free of that of your own. But the Holy Spirit is here to deliver you from that today. He will do it supernaturally, just as he did it for me. He will do it for you. The first step is repentance, genuine repentance and confession. Can I have the worship team up, please? Forgot about that part. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. So right now, I believe the Holy Spirit is hovering in this place. I believe the Holy Spirit is hovering in this place. He's working right now. I believe that he's here right now. He's working on your heart. He's doing what he does best. Begin to yield to him. Begin to yield to him. Just close your eyes right now. Begin to yield to him. Say, Holy Spirit, convict me. Convict me of sin and righteousness. Show me where I've fallen short. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The anointing breaks the yoke of oppression and the anointing is here. Jesus is the anointed one and he is here. He is here to deliver you today. So as the worship team begins to play, I just invite you to come up. Come up to the front. We're going to minister to you today. The Holy Spirit is here in his power. And chains are going to break tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.